Welcome to episode 54 of the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, 10 trailer loading tips for success. Now I call it trailer loading, but I know that other parts of the world call it float loading. Like in Australia, we generally say float loading. Um, I think in the UK, they say horse box loading, and I'm sure that there are other terms that people use in other parts of the world, but we're basically talking about horses getting onto horse transport devices, I guess you could say, um, and how to help them do that in a way where they can become calm, relaxed, confident self-loaders. So my intention today in today's podcast episode is to give you 10 tips to help you achieve that. So this is not going to be a step-by-step kind of method in terms of step one, do this, step two, etc., to help your horse load. It's going to give you 10 kind of like overarching principles that have really helped me help my horses be confident uh, float loaders and also my students. So if you hear me use the words trailer and float interchangeably, just know that I'm talking about the thing that we put horses into when we need to move them to another area. Um, Okay, so without further ado, let's jump into the 10 tips. Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a light, happy and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship and equine learning theory. And now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication with your horse so you can have more fun and fulfillment whilst prioritizing the partnership. Get more learning resources, including my free connection and communication mini course at AmaliaDempsey.com. Click the follow button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review or screenshot this episode and share on social media. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so tip number one is all about preparation. And this is where I see most people go wrong because they go, oh, I need to get my horse to the show or um, I urgently have to get my horse off the property and they've done zero preparation and expect their horse to load onto the float. And of course the horse, I mean, you know, there are definitely horses that just are obliging and will load on or they've got a good history or perhaps they're a little bit naive and they just go on. But it is better if you are well prepared and that you've put in the time to get your horse good at float loading, trailer loading, before you need them to actually get onto the trailer. And before you get them really good at trailer loading, they need to be really good at the groundwork because you need some good communication built up so that you can help them um, navigate the float and be confident with the float. Otherwise, you don't have any language to kind of communicate and help them with. Um, Sometimes I will go out to help someone with trailer loading. It's quite often one of the things that people will call me up about. Um, And I get there and I I think, well, this horse isn't really even ready to do trailer loading because we have no communication around basic body control on the ground. So how am I supposed to direct the horse into the float if they don't understand a forwards cue? How am I supposed to protect my space and show them, oh, you can't run me over. Like (laughs) that's not the answer if I don't have a backwards cue or I can't stay a boundary around myself. 
Um, how am I supposed to ask the horse to calmly back out of the flow if we don't have a backup cue? Like there's so many things that need to be established before we even think about getting a horse on the float. Um, and the other thing is you really, if the horse is not already in a relaxed state, then the trailer or the float is only going to um, add to that stress. It's only going to create more stress and push your horse more over threshold. So you really need to have a horse who is already calm and relaxed, understands your communication, and ideally you have a connection with that horse before you present a huge obstacle like a trailer. And that is exactly what the trailer is. It's a huge obstacle for the horse. And I have to say, it's a very unnatural obstacle. So when you think about it, uh, I've gone over in previous episodes, uh, you know, what, or, and also in my mini course, I talk about what motivates horses. Um, and one of the top things is safety, right? Horses really need to feel that they're able to escape, um, that their flight uh, response is not inhibited, so to speak. And when we put them in a trailer, that's exactly what we're doing. We're taking away their flight response. We are closing them into a dark, generally a dark space. Like even if it's bright and open and airy, it's still, it's still kind of dark compared to the outside. Um, and it's, it's a very unnatural thing. And if you've ever stood in a float and whilst it's moving, it's really rattly and loud and scary. <laughs> it's quite a big ask uh, in terms of asking a horse to, to travel calmly and happily on a trailer when it's such an unnatural thing for them, as well as such a scary thing. So I think it's important that we have a lot of empathy for the horses that do this for us. I think it's a huge withdrawal from the relationship bank account when we take horses on trailers. And I still kind of I still feel kind of bad when I have to take my horses somewhere. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but you know, like it's going to be fun at the other end. And I will try and do do it to the best of my ability and make it as good a deal for the horse as possible, which we'll go into. But I just think it's good to set that kind of scene because it's just kind of expected that horses do these things for us, but it's actually such a big ask in my opinion. Going back to preparing your horse with groundwork before approaching the trailer, if your groundwork is not up to scratch, then the trailer will definitely show you where your holes are. Um, so yeah, if, if you literally just like have no communication around getting your horse on the trailer, uh, it, will, it will show up when you approach the trailer. If your horse is a little bit kind of pushy, it will show up at the trailer. They'll probably try and push into you more. If they're um, really tense, then they'll probably be more tense. So it kind of amplifies any problems that you might already have on the ground, which is kind of good because it can show you where you need to work more on away from the float. Um, but it's kind of bad because you go, oh, I thought we already worked on that, but nope, it has to be better. When you think about the trailer, so before I mentioned it's like a big obstacle, there's a few things that the horses have to get comfortable with. So, you know, not only are they going into something, they're going up and over something. So the tailgate, and sometimes trailers don't even have a tailgate. They have to actually step up. 
They also have to go between the two sides of the float and under the float. So, you know, there's a lot of variables there that you could help your horse with away from the float before you ask them to get into the float. You know, like, can you practice getting them to go under things, between things, over things like pedestals? Um, can you get them to back up and downhill and, and things like that that can kind of simulate the trailer obstacle without actually putting them on the trailer. And the good thing about doing simulations is you're not going to create a negative experience with the float or trailer um, when you're simulating the obstacle because they're not, they're not, if let's say they do have a challenge with an obstacle that's not the trailer, they're not creating that negative association with the trailer. So Preparation is the first tip. Make sure you've got good groundwork. If you do not know what kind of groundwork to do or even where to start, then I have a whole academy around how to do groundwork and how that relates to other things and implementing the fundamentals. So you can check that out. I've spoken about that lots on the podcast before, Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy, or get a coach, get a local coach to come and help you. And, and groundwork isn't something you do once and it's done. It's like something, your, your fundamentals are something that you carry with you throughout. And they're absolutely vital if you want to have a horse who's good at loading onto the trailer. So tip one is preparation. Tip two is stay calm and relaxed. So often trailer loading brings up so much emotion for the human. <laughs> You know, because it can be really frustrating and, and scary and um, it really does, it, it's stressful, but especially if you haven't done your preparation and you're at the other end and you're needing to come home and you're literally thinking, I don't think we're going to get home. Like I'm going to have to set up camp here at this show or, or the forest or wherever you are because my horse is not going to get on the float. And you really want to avoid that feeling. You don't want to feel like you're playing Russian roulette with the float. Like, is my horse going to load at the other end or not? I have no idea. Like, do not, please do not take your horse out until you know 100% your horse is going to load at the other end. Because if you don't have that, of course, you're not going to stay calm and relaxed. Of course, you're going to be stressed and worried because I would be too, you know, it's, when a horse says no, they can really say no. And, and there's, when you're in that situation, my preference is to, which I'll talk about later is to train the trailer loading in small steps. So it's not about getting the horse all the way on, especially the first time. But when you put in that situation where you're at the other end and uh, you need to get home, you can't end the session when the horse just puts two feet on the tailgate because you gotta get home. You gotta get the horse all the way in, which means that you might have to use more pressure, which you're usually not comfortable with, etc. So it, it can become a bit of a negative experience for both you and the horse. So trailer learning does bring up a lot of emotion for both the horse and the human, which is why it's so much better if you do all your preparation at home where you can stay calm and relaxed and reward small steps and um, not feel like you have to get the horse all the way on. And remember that frustration begins when knowledge ends. So if you find yourself getting frustrated and tense and angry even, just know that that's probably a sign that you need a better strategy 
or what you're doing isn't working, you need some kind of help. And there's plenty of help out there. And that's probably why you're listening to this episode. But um, yeah, I just think it's important to, the reason why I say stay calm and relaxed is your horse can feel that energy from you. And it's especially important that you stay calm and relaxed when your horse offers to go forwards onto the float. Because that's, sometimes I see people go, ask the horse to go on, the horse makes a little bit of an effort and that's when they get more animated and say, yes, great, like keep going, keep going. And it's like, no, you want to stay really calm and relaxed in those moments to show your horse that you're kind of really chill about this whole getting onto the trailer nonsense. If, um, if you suddenly become this person who is aggressive or frustrated or use more pressure than you normally would in your other training, the horse is going to start to associate that with the trailer and it, it can become a really undesirable place for the horse. So as best as you can, stay calm and relaxed. And it's like, well, how do you stay calm and relaxed, Amalia? It's easy to stay calm and relaxed when you know what you're doing, when you're confident about the process. And I uh, came across this quote the other day when I was listening to a podcast interview with Patrick King, who I really hope to have on the podcast probably later in the year. He's, um, he, he's a really amazing horsemanship and classical dressage trainer, and he has his own podcast too, talking about horses. Um, but I heard him say in a podcast, and I had to stop and rewind and listen to that quote again because I had to write it down. Those who are certain of the outcome can wait and wait without anxiety. Those who are certain of the outcome can wait and wait without anxiety. So if you had a process that you were, that you knew was going to work and that you were confident of the outcome, like the horse is eventually going to get into the trailer, like that's what this process is, then you can afford to be patient and let that anxiety go because you you won't have any doubts about kind of what the direction you're going in. I really just like that quote because a lot of people tell me like, Amalia, you're so patient, especially when it comes to trailer loading. And I'm like, I'm actually not a patient person. I'm not naturally patient. Like I'm, I want to get things done quickly. I like going fast. I like results, you know, like that's my natural tendency, but I'm able to be a patient, calm and relaxed person with trailer loading because I'm certain that the horse will get on if we can be that way, right? And if we follow the appropriate preparation and steps. But if I, if I wasn't patient, I, I know that that's not going to be in the horse's best interest. I know that they're not going to have a good experience if I'm not patient. So that's why I am patient. I hope that makes sense. But the whole point is that I'd really like you to stay calm and relaxed. And if you don't feel like you can stay calm and relaxed, there's a reason for it. And most likely it's because you're not confident in the process. You're not really sure exactly how to get this horse on. So therefore you need some more help. Number three, the third tip is to make the trailer desirable. Now this is a bit of a controversial one. People have a lot of opinions around using treats and food um, on the float. But my 
my thoughts are, you know, like I said, I think trailer loading is a huge ask for us um, to ask the horses to get onto something that's so unnatural for them, that's so scary, that really has no benefit to them whatsoever. So the least we can do is make the trailer a desirable place to be. Even if you don't like having hay or food in your float whilst the horse is traveling, maybe just for the first five minutes before you close everything up and, and um, drive off, you give the horse um, food in the float so they can have the first five minutes of being in the float, you know, a really good experience. Horses are motivated by food, right? Yes, they're motivated by safety. A horse will not want to get onto the float if they are tense, stressed, anxious, scared about the float, right? You've probably seen that people trying to lure their horse onto the float with food and the horse is like, I'm not, I'm not even thinking about food right now because I'm terrified about this float. So food is not going to work if you haven't addressed that fear um, uh, in like uh, an appropriate manner. Um, I just had a thought then, like it, it certainly can work in some of my friends, colleagues, peers, they, they will use clicker training for um, trailer loading, which certainly can work, but they do it with preparation and in sequential steps, which means they're eliminating that tension in the first place. But if your horse is already tense at the float and you're trying to lure them on with food, that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is once your horse is calm, relaxed and understands communication around getting onto the float, make it desirable. You know, my friend, um, Luke Thomas, he uses, <laughs> I think I saw a video um, <laughs> of him using licorice um, on the float, like high value rewards. One of my students the other day, she put carrots in her hay net. So the horse had a nice surprise um, of finding the carrots in the hay net when the horse was on. Personally, I like to use loosen hay in the float. And um, I also use licorice that I kind of stick down um, at the front of the float. So when the horse goes on, get it, they get this nice yummy licorice treat, a high value reward when they're on. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm relying on that. I can still get the horses on the float without the food, but I'm choosing to use the food to make the float a desirable place for the horse. I want them to look at the float and go, Ooh, what's in there? I'm so excited to get on, you know, because it's, um, I have to try and balance the whole, well, the float's a really big ask. It's a really scary place. How can I make that at least neutral? <laughs> um, and ideally something, a, a positive place for them to be. So you can think of other ways to make the trailer a more desirable place. Like for example, um, you might just rest in the trailer. I'm gonna talk about how you can make the trailer less scary um, a little bit later, but uh, yeah, just think about how can I make this trailer a good deal for my horse, not just something that they go on, get trapped inside and then it rattles around and then suddenly they're away from home. <laughs> so why would a, any horse want to get on a trailer when that is the only thing that it gives them, which is not very good. So tip number three is make the trailer more desirable. I'll just do a little recap because I personally like it when there's, uh, when podcast people do <laughs> like a recap of steps. Um, so, so far we've spoken about having a good preparation. So making sure you've got good groundwork and that you do, you do get your trailer learning really good at home before you actually go anywhere. Tip number two is stay calm and relaxed in yourself. 
And tip number three is make the trailer desirable. Okay, tip number four is to stick to your values and be your horse's advocate. Now, the reason why I mentioned this is because you've probably experienced this, where as soon as you're standing at the tailgate and a horse isn't immediately going on, it's like a crew of people suddenly show up and want to offer all their advice and help. And uh, it's funny, even if you have the situation under control, people are still wanting to help. It's like everyone just wants to crowd around and push that horse on. So my advice is if you are working on your steps to trailer loading, you're confident in what you're doing, you have a system, um, kindly decline unwanted help from, from people who are offering their help especially those who don't align with your values of horse training. Okay, so the last thing you want is someone who might be more experienced than you, but perhaps isn't on the same page in terms of your horse training values. Take over the lead rope and give your horse a bad experience at the float. Okay, so we really want to try and avoid traumatic or negative experiences for the horse around the float. And if you let someone take over, who is going to apply more pressure than you're comfortable with, then you're going to, you pretend you're risking the horse having that traumatic experience. So just say, Oh no, I'm all good. Thank you. I'm just working on small steps or, um, you know, just really, there's a way of politely declining help. And I, I know that people are just offering their help because, um, you know, that they, they, they want to help you, but it's okay to say no to that help. The other thing is if you are getting a professional out to help you, make sure that you voice your preferences or perhaps you speak to them on the phone first before you get them out and, and say like, Hey, I don't want you to like work my horse really hard and, and or, you know, um, I don't want to push my horse over threshold. I'm happy to go slow, like voice your concerns and your preferences in training, your values in training before you get someone out where you're in a situation where it's harder for you to say no. Um, I just think it's really important to, to be clear on exactly how you'd like this trailer loading process to go. Even though those techniques, those more like harsher techniques, you could say work um, as in, you know, you'll probably get the horse on, like, is it really how you want to treat your horse? Is it how you want your horse to associate with the flow, etc.? And I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Sometimes we need to be firm or clear in our communication, but there's a difference between, you know, applying pressure that is firm and clear and fair versus aggressive, mean, and not clear for the horse. And we especially don't want to be applying pressure to the horses when they're not calm and relaxed around the float. So we really want to be addressing that fear first. So tip number four is to stick to your values and be your horse's advocate. Make sure that you're very clear on how you would like this trailer learning process to go and speak up for your horse. Tip number five is to make it easier. Now, this seems like a really obvious one, but we want to make the trailer learning process as easy as possible for the horse. So in order to do that, we need to make the float or trailer as bright and open and airy as possible. So um, open the front doors, open the tailgate and the barn doors, 
bring the divider across or take the divider out completely. You want it to be as easy as possible for the horse to take the option of going onto the float um, versus, you know, if you had everything enclosed, it's going to look a lot darker and spookier and uh, kind of a bit more of a squeeze for the horse to kind of fit on the float if you've got the divider in still. So think about how can I make this super easy for my horse? Um, And another way to think about how to make it easy is to think about, well, how could I make this harder? Well, you could make it harder by putting the float 300 meters away from their paddock where they can't see any other horses. Um, That's going to create some problems, right? So maybe you keep the float nice and close to their paddock or where their other horses are. So you're not adding that extra difficulty. Now I hear you, of course, at some point you need to be able to load the horse anywhere, anytime and it can happen um, and with the doors closed and with the divider in. But to start off with, just make it as easy as possible for the horse, right? It's funny how we place these restrictions on ourselves right from the start when it doesn't need to be that way. Another way of making it easier is if you have a um, tried and tested seasoned floater who is happy to go onto the float, stand still and just eat a hay net whilst you work on the other horse that can help because horses will naturally follow other horses and kind of vibe off the energy of the other horse. So if your horse has never been on and you have a confident loader already on eating, relaxed, chilling in the float, then that horse is going to be like, Oh, that horse is okay. Maybe it's not so bad in there. So using a horse who's already experienced on the float can really help the confidence of the other horse. Okay, tip number six is to be safe. And specifically, I'm talking about the safety of the horse and the float and of course yourself. So first of all, look at your float or trailer. Is it safe? You want to be looking for anything where your horse can potentially hook themselves or their halter on and cover those things up because the last thing you want is for your horse to have an experience where suddenly their halter's hooked on they're pulling back they whack their heads you just want to you know avoid that before it can even happen so I used to have a float with a lot of little nooks and crannies (laughs) that horses could easily get their halters hooked on so what I did is I actually got old socks and wrapped them around those little hooks and then used duct tape. So there was just no way that a halter could get hooked onto those those parts of the float. You also wanna look at the tailgate. Sometimes there can be uh, like little loops that help to attach your tailgate onto the actual float, but horses can get their feet through there. Like you wanna be thinking worst case scenario. Like I need to make sure that um, the horse is not going to get trapped or hurt themselves on anything that's inside this float. The other thing is you might want to consider using a halter that can break in the event that they did get themselves attached to something. So um, I like to use rope halters, but the thing is rope halters don't break like easily at all. (laughs) So I use these little neoprene breakaway attachments that I got from Natural Horse World, the website Natural Horse World, that in the event that a horse did get um, attached to something, if they pull back, that neoprene is going to break, but the rope won't. So the other thing is you could just keep a knife or scissors nearby, but sometimes it's pretty hard to get to a horse 
with knife and scissors in that kind of event where they're freaking out. The other thing is I use blocker ties when I tie the horses up in the trailer. Now, please, please, please do not ever tie a horse up in the trailer before you have closed the bum bar, okay? Because chances are they're probably gonna pull back and lift their head up high, bump their head. You wanna make sure that they're fully enclosed before you tie them up. And when you take them off, you wanna make sure that you, you have untied them before you open the breaching doors, okay? That is common sense, but I still see people do it and then horses have a bad experience. We're trying to avoid bad experiences around the trailer. Now, with being safe, um, I find that a lot of people like to use, like wrap their horses up in float boots and pole protectors and all sorts, which is fine. My preference is I don't use any of those things. I just find the horses are more comfortable without them and I worry about them coming off during trail, during traveling and, you know, just one less thing to kind of worry about. Um, but if you are if you like to use those things, make sure that your horse is good at trail loading first because uh, if you just suddenly wrap them up in all these boots and things and then do some trailer loading, not only are they having to deal with the trailer and trying to get on and the potential fear and frustration that can come up with trailer loading, but also these new things that you've put on their legs and they're lifting their legs up really high and it's all just too much. So try and only change one thing at a time so it's easier for the horse to kind of navigate. Maybe get them really good at the trailer loading process first before you think about wrapping them up in all the stuff to protect them. But in my, in my experience, like I just find that horses are more comfortable without those things. And if they're safe, comfortable, confident travelers, they shouldn't really need that level of protection either. I just find float boots kind of a bit clunky and um, not very secure either. So perhaps if you did want to use boots, you could use another form of boot or a closer fitting boot that's not going to be as um, insecure, so to speak. Okay, tip number seven is that the goal is not to get the horse on. And you might be thinking, hang on a second, Amalia, I'm listening to this episode because my horse won't get on the float. The goal is definitely to get the horse on, but hear me out. So, um, so many people are just so obsessed with getting the horse on the float and closing them in. But I want you to change your mindset. It's not really about getting the horse on. It's about your horse's experience on the float and about their understanding of what it is that you'd like them to do. I see so many times that, you know, the horse gets on the float finally, and then suddenly people are closing the breaching doors and like closing the tailgate as quickly as possible. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see. It's one of the worst things you can do because the horse has finally gone, oh, I think it might be okay in there. I think I'll give that a go. And then you create, like you close them in, you give them this claustrophobic feeling. You want to help the horse be calm and relaxed just standing in the float before you even thinking, before you even think about closing the breaching doors. The goal is to help the horse feel comfortable, confident and relaxed and understand your communication around the float. Not about getting the horse on as such. Of course, eventually we would like that, but uh, if you think about your um, process, depending on where your horse is at, it might be your goal for that day just to get two feet on the tailgate or two feet 
on like just inside the trailer, but not necessarily all the way in. So the end goal is to get the horse on, but your goal within a session might not be to get the horse all the way on. You need to work out where your horse's current threshold is and play with that until that's better before you move on to the next. And I'll speak more about the different steps a little bit later. Let's do a little recap. So, so far we've spoken about, first of all, having good preparation. Secondly, staying calm and relaxed. Thirdly, make the trailer desirable. Fourthly, stick to your values and be your horse's advocate. Uh, fifthly, make it easier. Sixthly, be safe. And seven is the seventh tip is the goal is not to get the horse on. The eighth tip is understand that horses with trauma or previous bad experiences will likely take longer. Now, this can be a little bit of a hard one to swallow, but I have found that horses who haven't um, ever seen a trailer before, who haven't um, had any experience, they're a little naive to what the trailer is about, they are fairly happy to go on. They're like kind of curious, right? Especially when accompanied with another horse um, in the right, and, and it's approached in the right way. But once a horse has had a bad experience with a float, the damage has kind of been done. Now, I'm not saying it's it's impossible to fix or to help horses who've had bad experiences, but you do need to understand that it will take longer um, than if you follow a clear and calm, successful process right from the start with a blank canvas type horse who hasn't been floated and who has uh, no other reason other than instinct to, to fear the float. So, yeah, once a horse has you know, like some examples, you know, they've had a fall in the, in the float, they've bumped their head, they've had a lot of pressure being applied to them at the float, um, they've, uh, you know, rushed out and, and fallen over. Like, I don't want to list them all because it's scary to think about, but once they've had that negative experience, it can take a lot longer to help that horse be comfortable again with the trailer. And they'll probably always have that trauma inside of them you can certainly help them but I just wanted to say that it is a bit harder with those horses sort of like humans like once that trauma once they've had trauma um you can't just forget that right it's there with you it doesn't mean you can't overcome it and can't move on with your life but it's still there the, dam the damage has happened um yeah so it does take a little bit longer with those horses but if you have a clear process and you're patient and you take small steps, small wins, you stay calm and relaxed yourself, you follow all these tips in this episode, then it certainly is possible to help that horse be a reliable loader again. Um, but it's probably initially going to take a lot longer than the horse who is more of a blank canvas, so to speak. Tip number nine is actually a little tip that... The phrase I'm using, I um, heard from one of my students, actually. I was explaining to her um, in one of our coaching calls in Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy um, about making the float just a part of everyday kind of existence. So it's not like when you bring the float out, they're thinking, oh, we're going on, we're going somewhere, like this is scary. Like you guys can probably relate that as soon as some of you 
as soon as you start moving, like you reverse the car onto the trailer, you get it in position, your horse is already worried, right? They already know, uh oh, we're doing something with the trailer today. I don't really like that. And as a result, they're perhaps moving around the paddock, pacing the paddock. Um, you know, they're hard to catch. And it's just like, wow, I hadn't even approached the trailer yet and they're already worried. So my student Kate, shout out to Kate in HFA, she said, oh, so you're just kind of like making the trailer a part of the furniture. And I love that. So the ninth tip is to make the trailer a part of the furniture. So it's not just this big, scary thing that is sometimes there when you go places. It's it's a part of your everyday experience with, with, the, um, with your horses. So, you know, you might... Um, tie your horse up to the trailer weekly at home. So they learn that, oh, like sometimes we tie up to the trailer and it's just another tie up point. Please be safe with this. Make sure that at all times, if you're doing trailer loading or tying your horse up to a trailer or float, have it attached to a car. Okay, please do not put your horse on a trailer or tie your horse up to a trailer without it being attached to a car for safety reasons because a horse is strong enough to pull a trailer over. And we do not want that. Um, okay, so um, with making the trailer a part of the furniture, you know, sometimes you might just load your horse on the trailer and not go anywhere just to check like, oh, can I put my horse on and take them off? Maybe you load your horse onto the trailer and let them have a hay net for half an hour, but you don't go anywhere. Um, tying up, certainly. Um, just being around the presence of the trailer without it being like a big deal. I talk about making it a non-event. You don't want your horse to see the trailer and go, oh my gosh, something bad is about to happen. You just want them to see it as a part of the furniture, just like, you know, the arena or the wash bay or the barn, the stables, whatever. It's just like another thing that's a part of their life in, in the human world. So you might think about where you actually keep your trailer. I mean, ideally it's undercover. <laughs> Personally, I don't have anywhere undercover to keep my trailer, but um, I do keep it near where, I'm, where I tack the horses up, where I play with the horses. So it's kind of always around us. So it's not this scary thing that just pops out every now and then when we're going somewhere. It's just always in our presence. It's a part of the furniture. I really like that saying. So thank you, Kate, for that one. Okay, so we have gone over preparation. So good preparation in your groundwork and your trailer loading before you go to a new environment. Tip number two is to stay calm and relaxed. Three is to make the trailer desirable. Four is to stick to your values and be your horse's advocate. Five is to make it easier. Six is to be safe. Seven is the goal is not to get the horse on. Eight is understand that horses with trauma will take longer. Nine is to make it a part of the furniture and number 10 which is probably the most important one is to break it down into small steps now this is so important because I think that a lot of people go wrong with trailer loading because they are trying to achieve too much too soon so I talk about shaping which is basically breaking down behaviors into small steps. I also talk about making 1% progress per session and small steps, small wins adding up over time. If you go for this, 
versus I want to get the horse on the trailer straight away and close them in and drive off, you're going to be so much more successful if you take those small steps and let them compound over time. So you need to break down the trailer loading process into lots of steps. Like you could create over 100 steps for this. <laughs> um, but in general, the categories are, of course, your prerequisites and your groundwork exercises to the actual loading process, to the closing in process where you shut the breaching doors and tailgate, etc., cetera, um, and to the driving off and traveling somewhere. Um, and there are also parts within that process as well, like, you know, backing your horse off of the trailer is an important step to break down too. So it would be, it would take me a while to go over all of these steps. And of course, every horse is different. Some horses, you can skip different steps. Um, and other horses you need to, like the horses with trauma, you have to go a lot slower but the important thing is that you have a process. You know what needs to happen before you can move on to the next step. Float loading is one of the most common problems that I see horse owners struggle with. But it really doesn't need to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be that way. You could just be missing a few vital steps that many horse owners miss. You're definitely not alone if you struggle with float loading. Um, and that's why I, I place such an emphasis on breaking it down into small steps because often it's just like one or two little small steps that people are missing that make all the difference in their horse's experience and their horse being a calm, relaxed, confident self-loader. So in my 30-minute trailer loading success roadmap, I show you exactly how to break down float loading into easy-to-teach steps so that float loading can be a stress-free process for both you and your horse. Just imagine how it would feel to know that you can load your horse on the float or trailer every single time in less than 10 seconds by yourself, right? I've, I've had to learn how to do this by myself because I don't have someone there who can close the bum bar and the tailgate behind me. You know, like I've had to learn how to teach the horses to get onto the trailer without um, needing that extra set of hands and you don't need that extra set of hands. So imagine, you know, not getting stuck, begging your horse to get on, resorting to forceful methods that don't sit right with you, having to make sure that there are, you know, two plus people there to help you or having someone wave a flag behind you, um, you know, chopping and changing techniques or needing to allow your horse hours of time to load before you go anywhere. Like none of that stuff sits right with me. I find that most people I help with float loading, they're just missing a few steps that they hadn't even thought of or they hadn't identified that that's where they needed to spend more time. And once those steps are ticked off and they're able to do them, their horse comfortably loads and travels. And for just $9 Australian, you can get my trailer loading roadmap for success instantly. And it's a 30 minute video, which outlines the exact steps you need to take to help your horse be a confident, calm and relaxed self loader. It'll only take you 30 minutes to watch, but it will save you hours of struggle and frustration at the tailgate. And once you purchase, you'll be taken straight to the video as well as you'll be sent an email with the video link. 
Over 500 people have already used this trailer learning success roadmap. I didn't think it was going to be so popular, but obviously a lot of you struggle with trailer learning. And I think because I lay it out really simply in this video, um, it's just, it just really opens your eyes as to what is actually involved in helping a horse be a calm, confident and relaxed loader. And if you've enjoyed this episode and it has resonated with you, I know you'll get so much more out of the roadmap because I do little demos in there and talk through exactly how to break down that process um, into small steps so you can be successful at trailer learning with your horse and any horse that you come across in the future. So to get access to the trailer learning success roadmap for just $9, you just need to click the link in the show notes or head to amaliadempsey.com and click on shop and you'll find, you'll find um, a button to buy the roadmap there. Okay, so they are my 10 trailer loading tips for success. One last recap. The first is preparation. Make sure you have good groundwork and that you do lots of floating preparation at home before you go anywhere. Step number two or tip number two is to stay calm and relaxed. Three is to make the trailer desirable. Four is to stick to your values and be your horse's advocate. Five is to make it easier. Six is be safe. Seven is the goal is not to get the horse on. Eight is to understand that horses with trauma or previous bad experiences will take longer. Nine is to make the trailer a part of the furniture. And 10 is to break it down into small steps. I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next time on the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Make sure you hit the follow button so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or screenshot this episode and share it on social media. You can connect with me on Instagram at Amalia underscore horses or my website AmaliaDempsey.com where you can find free resources to help you on your horsemanship journey. That's all for today. Thanks for being here. Remember to train with kindness and ride with excellence and I'll see you in the next episode.